It's Friday evening, it's five o'clock, and that can only mean one thing, that's right, it is Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Rafferty, and I'll be with you for the next two hours, giving you all the best in sport. We'll kick off the show with uh, Martin Dunn as we, we talk about all things um, all things Premier League, and last weekend was the first league of, was the first uh, weekend of fixtures, and we'll be going back through those, and we'll be also looking ahead to this weekend's fixtures, and we will also have a, we'll also have an um, an interview with Holly Carroll, who competed for Ireland in the European Youth Games. So uh, that's a, a very special interview. We will also have uh, Formula One, Formula One with myself and uh, Michael O'Grady, and we'll also have GA with myself and Ray Lannan. All that and much, much more. So stay tuned. You can listen to us in many ways. You can listen to us on the radio on FM ninety four point six on the website www.rossfm.ie forward slash live, or on the TuneIn app. And uh, don't forget that this show is podcasted and will be available every Monday, a podcast on the website www.rasfm.ie. And uh, you can also um, listen to uh, GAA Chat with myself, uh, Aidan Rafferty, and guests every Thursday from 10 o'clock until 11. So uh, you can tune into that. And that show is also podcasted and available on Spotify, just search for GA View with Aidan Raftery and that's a, and you'll be able to listen to it there. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Martin, some uh, some very interesting results, I suppose. The one of them was, uh, I suppose, <laughs> a tough a tough uh, start for 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 um, for Liverpool. Uh, not not as e- an easy game as uh, we, we people would have thought, but uh, it was a very good Fulham team. Played well, they did. Yeah, very well. <clears throat> was a surprise result. Some people are already talking about two points dropped already. Um, and when you think the fine margins between Man City and Liverpool over the last couple of seasons, you know, it's not a good start. But uh, we'll crack on and we'll talk about some of the games as well. And uh, we'll just go with the results first of all, obviously, from the first weekend of the Premiership. Uh, as you know, uh, starting early this year because of the World Cup during the winter. So, anyway, Crystal Palace nil, Arsenal 2, Fulham 2, Liverpool 2, Bournemouth 2, Aston Villa nil, Leeds 2, Wolves 1, Newcastle 2, Nottingham Forest nil, Tottenham 4, Southampton 1, Everton nil, Chelsea 1, Leicester 2, Brentford 2, Man United 1, Brighton 2, and West Ham nil, Man City 2. So, we'll go to going to cover all the games this weekend but uh, normally we only cover a few but I think as it's the opening se- uh, games of the season it's important to kind of get an idea what the teams are doing. First of all Crystal Palace New Arsenal 2, a match where the Gunners looked hungrier and took their chances new signings Jesus and Shachenko played well on the premier, on their Premier debut but man of the match was another debut man for Arsenal, Will- William Selba centre back who was uh, reading the game and able to break down the Palace attacks with ease. Palace had as much of the game as Arsenal did, but will get stronger as a number of their players uh, will become available. Um, and there's a number, obviously, out with injury. And uh, Vieira is not to be underestimated as well, because uh, I think he's an up-and-coming young manager going places. And as you said earlier, Aidan, I suppose the surprise result was uh, Fulham to uh, Liverpool to... Um, the Codgers showed no fear on their return to the Premiership, playing uh, many people's favourites to win the Premiership. Last time in the Premiership, it took them five games before they registered their first point. Uh, Mitrovic was the man of the match, causing Paul's back four problems throughout the match, including Mr. Reliable Van Dyke to give a penalty away by bringing him down in the box. Uh, this second goal added uh, to his headed goal in the 32 minutes, giving Fulham the lead, where he out-trumped Arnold at the far post to head a superb goal. Uh, but Arnold was poor in defending and continues, like last season, to make these basic errors. Uh, Marcus Silva executed a good game plan, pressing Paul high and all over the pitch. Uh, Fulham, first time back in the top flight that they have avoided defeat in their opening match of the season, following defeats in 1949, 59, 2001, 2018 and most recently 2020. We all love a trier. Uh, Liverpool were lacking uh, to their normal standards, but they had that man Nunes coming off the bench in the second half and scoring his Premiership debut uh, on his Premiership debut and setting up a Salah for an equaliser on 80 minutes. 
James Milner must get mentioned. Started his 21st season in the Premiership, Hayden, equaling Gareth Barry's. Only one player has played more seasons in the Premier, Aiden. Who do you think that might be? Sorry, could you repeat that? Only one player has played more times than James Milner. Uh, you know, more than 21 seasons in the Premiership than James Milner and Gareth Barry. Who would that player be? In fact, it's 22 seasons. Mm, I was very tempted to say. I was very tempted to to say uh, Alan Shearer, but I don't think he played that many seasons. Um, who? Let me see. Gee, I don't know who. R- Ryan Giggs. Ryan Giggs. Bournemouth two, Aston Villa nil. Important winning return to the Premiership for the Cherries, especially with the next three games against Man City, Arsenal and Liverpool. Gerrard's Villa will need to get points sooner than later on their poor form at the end of last season, winning only two of their last 11 matches. Uh, This will continue into the season and only add on pressure on Gerrard. Uh, Leeds 2, Wolves 1, important moral victory victory for Leeds in a very competitive match, uh, which Wolves were slightly the better team, but Leeds and Marsh, their manager, showed they had fight with the new players in and star players gone, but class, Bamford fit and leading the attack uh, is obviously positive. Wolves missing uh, Jimenez and uh, leader Cody on the bench, who has since signed for Everton. Great loss for Wolves team, uh, and manager Lager, uh, who will need to strengthen the squad to avoid uh, a tough season. Newcastle 2, Nottingham Forest 0. Toons dominated over new Premiership boys Forest so much that Steve Cooper's team did not have one shot on target. Newcastle with goals in the second half from Shah and Wilson looked very comfortable all over the pitch, which is no doubt a reflection on the Magpies manager Howe's progressive work at the club. Forest early days, many new players and many left. Uh, will not be easy for them, but Steve Cooper is a manager not to be underestimated. Uh, Tottenham 4, Southampton 1. Despite going behind after 12 minutes, this was a very comfortable win for Conte Spurs. Over a typical Saints team under Hasselhultl, who have the worst record for losing, op- losing opening games of the Premier season. There is an air of optimism around Spurs with familiar lineup bar a couple of new signings and more in wings, including Richarlison, who is suspended at the moment. Goals from Sessignon, Dyer and Kolesvky. And an own goal gave Spurs a very comfortable lead with 17 left mit- minutes left in the match. Saints will need all of Hasselhull's skills to keep them up and hope the youth option and the new signings will pay off. Everton nil, Chelsea won. A ninth-minute first-half injury-time penalty scored by Jorginho after a silly foul by uh, Dancor on Chigwell gave all three points to Tuchel's Blues. Lampard's Toffees had no striker and hence no threat to Chelsea, who saw out a comfortable win. Calvin Lewin injured and no replacement for Charleston yet will need to be sorted to prevent Everton having another relegation battle and avoid a manager casualty. Leicester 2, Brentford 2. Foxes squandered a 2-0 second half lead to the battling Bees. No doubt Brendan Rodgers has quality in the team but being the only premiership not to sign during the break and legend Smichael has left for Nice, there is a worry that Leicester will go backwards in the premiership unless Rodgers can get players he wants. Thomas Frank, manager of Brentford, inspires his team still to perform and challenge and with Tony leading up front will cause other premiership teams problems. Man United 1, Brighton 2. Surprise result? No, not really. Graham Potts' team deserved all three points, dominating the first half, and Pascal Gross grabbing a first-half brace of goals. Ronaldo coming off the bench in the second half did did get United back into the game, although United did put the Seagulls under the cosh in the second half. Uh, Trussard and Welbeck caused United's backline constant problems in the first half. Um, a win for, first win for Brighton ever at Old Trafford. Potter's magic still working. Ten Hag has no doubt the scale of the job he has to manage United. One cannot feel nothing has changed since the last two managers. Ten Hag is the fifth permanent manager since Alex Ferguson retired in 2013. Of the seven previous managers, as permanent, interim and caretaker, who followed the master in the job, only Louis van Gaal lost his opening premier match up, till, up until Ten Hag. 
There is hope for Ten Hag. Even Fergie lost his first top-flight league match in charge of Man United. VAR mistakes have not gone away. Welbeck was clearly shoved in the back by Martinez. Clear penalty, but the referee not assisted by VAR, who should have been informed of a potential penalty. Alas, as Brighton won it, it was not an issue. But still, VAR, VAR refs, first week of the season, and you're not doing your job. Please do better for the rest of the season. West Ham nil. Man City 2, normal service from City well as regards winning, but the style of play of City is clear to see. They have an out-and-out centre-forward. Welcome Erling Haaland, who scored twice on his Premiership debut. Should have been a hat-trick, but that does not matter. It's the man he took the goals. One, uh, won a first-half penalty taken down by West Ham's keeper, and a second-half goal timing his run for a through ball and comfortably comfortably dispatching into the back of the net have to say City look even stronger than last season watch out Liverpool City now a threatening attack from wing from the wings uh, crosses into the new boy all six foot five inches of Halland the Viking West Ham completed 257 passes in this game Aiden uh, in uh, at home uh, Man City completed 831 uh, Moyes West Ham looks subdued, but they they have strength and quality, and that uh, they will give most Premiership teams a huge challenge. Man City not lost an away match in the Premier in 19 matches, was which was the opening match away to Spurs last season. That is a club record. So uh, a quick summary: so City and Spurs are up and running. Liverpool a little hangover, dropping points. Chelsea room to improve. Arsenal strung up, but still have defensive issues. Man United need a leader on and off the pitch to stand up and guide United back to winning ways. And uh, Newcastle have, uh, looks like they've turned a corner and looking up and not down anymore. Is Liverpool playing catch-up already? It's, uh, well, it, I, think, um, I think it all reflects, it, it all hinges on, on this weekend. I mean, you know, if, 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 they, if they draw another game or, mm. or lose a game, it, it is catch-up. But uh, you'd, you'd like to think, well, from from a, from from a, a Liverpool fan's point of view, you'd, you'd like to think that they would have learned from their shortcomings, I suppose, against Fulham, and that they'll address, they'll have addressed those during the week. Yeah. And um, you know, they've, uh, they're uh, they're away to Crystal Palace this Monday, so you know that that then it needs to it needs to start on Monday to to kind of get back onto it because, like you you and me have been talking about since, since last since last weekend. You know, if it all if it all goes the same as it did last season, that you know last weekend's game could be the weekend, yeah. could be the game that they look back on and say if we if we'd only won that game. Yeah, it's the draws that caught them last year. I mean, there's already some fans might be fear for Liverpool and others. Is Man City gone on early run, which they kind of done last season as well? So uh, we'll watch this space. Uh, just a, just one or two things there, Martin, that have have just come in. Massive to miss uh, the Palace fixture uh, on Monday. That he'd be a huge loss. And also, West Ham are progressing uh, a bid for to sign Carer uh, from Tilo Tilo Carer from uh, PSG. So that that would be a big signing for uh, for for West Ham if they, if that was the case, Martin. Yeah, I mean the signings are going to. Go on, obviously, up till I think it's is it the first of September or end of September? Yeah. So, but they're harder than now to get players now because players are uh, kind of playing now. So, uh, but Matip, yeah, that's a, a big um, another injury woe for uh, Liverpool. Um, so we'll just talk. And, uh, just just on the injury front there, um, John Joe Shelby is going to be a, is going to miss the next month for uh, for for Newcastle as well. So the injuries well, are. Yeah, I'm not sure. Was he? Did he start the other day? I can't remember if he played. I didn't think he had. But yeah. um, um, just just a little note there that I found interesting. It was in one of the, um, one of the national English papers. Was um, about time wasting. Um, they reckon that's. Um, just say, for instance, last season, yeah, Aiden. Yeah. Yeah. There was only two games, which was Leicester, Brentford, and West Ham, Man City, where actual playing time was just over an hour. Genie, I, I remember that. Yeah, I remember reading yeah, that. So, that's a lot. Yeah, and so just give. Now, this is something that's going to need to be addressed because I think we've always seen time wasting going on. But I always presumed the referee would add on time if there's a bit of time wasting going on. In injury time, yeah, are you with yeah. me? 
And I think they need to sort out these substitutions as well because they seem to allow that time to eat into uh, the remaining time. I think that needs to be pulled up, especially now there's five subs allowed. So a player will go off slowly. It could take a, a, a minute and a half or whatever. And if you're on five minutes injury time, that's a minute and a half lost. So that's that's not right either. But just an example there now on... Um, the ball was in play just 51 minutes of Everton's class with Chelsea. As there were 10 minutes of stoppage time in both halves, that's just 47%. Only two games have had the ball in play for an hour, which I've mentioned before. So, um, and it the, the, seems like the referee's answer is to speed up the throw-ins. Mm. Not, pun, not punish the players who's time-wasting. Um, so, for, for, for instance, that, that game there... Um, against there was a penalty take, yeah. They're all wasting. They're all arguing, and then eventually the goalkeeper's wasting time. So it's uh, just uh, something that needs to be knocked on the head, whether it's bookings. Um, but they need to discourage this time wasting. And I think the inj- uh, the, uh, the subs coming on, which is obviously being used as a, a kind of way of burning up some of the time. I think uh, that time should be uh, kept. Added on, so yeah. whatever whatever time it takes to sub, um, they sh- they should restart the clock, and that's what is a good st- suggestion. That is this clock, yeah, where it 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 stops the clock and it shows you, uh, you know, like when there's a sub or when there's a penalty, they stop the clock. Yeah, do you know? But they of do course, that in the, rugby as well. Yeah, but th- that's probably why they don't want to do that because it's in the rugby union, the rugby league. So something to watch out for. But anyway, Aiden. Um, We'll go on to the predictions, if yeah. you're ready for them. And, uh, and obviously, I forgot to mention, last week, you got, I got 4 out of 10. Aiden, you got 6 out of 10. And Noel got 5 out of 10. So, Aiden, you won the first week's... Uh, and Noel's predictions show. are there, uh, no, uh, Martin, yeah. as well. And um, so we'll go to... I'll get your predictions now in a minute, Aiden. Yep, no problem. Now, the first game we're coming up with now, I'll just give you a bit of a little preview to the match and the history of the game, or the stats in the game. So, uh, Aston Villa uh, are playing Everton. Uh, at the moment, Villa on zero points. Everton on zero points. So, Villa did the double over Everton last season. Uh, the Toffees failed to win in any of the last six meetings. So, uh, Aston Villa v Everton. I'd have to go for Villa on this one. Okay. And I will go for uh, a draw. Then we've got Arsenal up next. Uh, They're on three points at the moment against Leicester, who's on one point. Uh, The Gunners did the double over the Foxes last season. 2-0 in each match. Arsenal only lost once at home to Leicester in 2020 in 16 matches. Arsenal v Leicester. I'd, I'd go for Arsenal on that one. Okay, I will do the same. I'm just not just not convinced by Le- by Leicester. No, I, I, I think the leaving of of Schmeichel, uh, you know, is, is a huge is a huge. Mm. Like he is their leader, really, on the pitch. Yeah. I'm not convinced by Arsenal, but home advantage should see them through. But you never know. We'll see how the season turns up for them later. Uh, Brighton, uh, Brighton uh, on three points at the moment. Newcastle on three points. So. Um, how uh, Brighton Tunes took four points off the Seagulls last season with a draw um, um, with a draw at Brighton Newcastle only one win in ten premiership meetings with Brighton so um, how do you see that one Brighton Newcastle Brighton and Newcastle well if if Brighton played the play the way they played against uh Against United, there's no reason why they why, why they can't go why they can't win. I'd go for uh, I'm going to go for um, for a Brighton win on that one. Although it did look, it didn't probably didn't take too much to, to beat United. Um, I don't think they they were at their best uh, on at the weekend. But I suppose look, it's a long season, and uh, some of the some of United's new players will take a, a few games to kind of get up to scratch on it. But yeah, I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for Brighton win. Yeah, I think it could be a very tight match. I'm going to go for a draw. Then we've got Man City v Bournemouth. Uh, they've met time, 10 times in the Premiership, 10 wins for City. Plus the Cherries have never, ever beaten City in all competitions. So Man City v Bournemouth. Oh, you'd have to go for Man City. 
Yeah, I agree. City as well. And then we've got um, Southampton v Leeds. Southampton on zero points. Leeds on three points. Saints took four points off Leeds last season. This fixture was a 1-0 win for the Saints last year. Southampton v Leeds, Aidan. I'm going to go for... Leeds, Leeds look good at the weekend, didn't they? Um, you know, there's the, the, the They went 1-0 down, but they came back, they fought. Uh, that, that's, the, that's the kind of mentality you need in the Premier League mm. when you go back. You know, when, when, you, when you go behind, you can go one, you can drop the head and then just the floodgates open or else you can just, you know, be a fight and, you know, start a fight back. Mm. And that, 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 there seems to be that fight, I think. I don't know if you'd agree with this, Martin, but there seems to be that fight in Leeds this, week, this year that maybe mightn't have been there last season. Is well, that fair to say? Well, it was there at the end of the season. Yeah, but when it was too but, late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't too late because it kept them up. Did they, Jay? Um, but um, you're right. that They showed the fight the other the other week uh, and there coming from behind. Southampton, the usual, you know, starting off the season very poor. But there, there's... there's Hasselhuttle brings stability to that he club. Does, yeah. And he seems to get results eventually out of them. So... Uh, yeah, it's 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 Leeds had a good start of the season. Season Southampton the usual start. So uh, South, Saints can be off, awfully slow to take get going, but yeah, uh, yeah Southampton Leeds Aiden. Leeds. Okay, I'll go for a draw on that one, and then we've got Wolves on zero points and Fulham uh, on one point. Uh, coaches have never won in the Premiership at Wolves. Uh, last loss at Molyneux was nineteen eighty five in the old League Division Two. Uh, Wolves v Fulham. You'd have to go for Fulham. Fulham were awesome against Liverpool. Um, you know, Liverpool were the first to to, to see how good they, they can actually be. Is that is that performance going to be a flash in the pan? It's hard to know, but um, you know, if they can reproduce that, I, I'd, I'd go for uh, I'd go for a win for for Fulham on that. Yeah, I'll go for Wolves draw because they are hand, they have got experience in the club. It was a tough outing the other game at Leeds last weekend, but they're at home. Um, Look, I think they know what Fulham's about, so I'm yeah. going to go for a draw. So next game up is Brentford on one point at the moment and Man United on zero points. Uh, only met twice in the Premiership last season, was the, t- uh, the two times they met. Uh, um, and uh, the Red, Red, Red Devils on the double over the Bees. Uh, 85 years the last time Bees had a win over United in the league. 1937, League Division 1. So... Uh, yeah, good point for Brentford last week, coming from 2-0 behind at Leicester. Man United, obviously not a good start uh, um, at home as well against Brighton. Brentford, Man United, Aidan? Yeah, I'd, I, on this occasion I'd have to go for, for United. Um, if Ericsson was on the other team, if Ericsson was with, uh, with Brentford, I might have went for them, mm. but... Uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how he fits in there. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go for, uh, for for Man United on that one. Yeah, I have to agree. I think there might be a bit of bounce back um, this weekend uh, for Brentford. Uh, next game, uh, which is on Sunday, Nottingham Forest, the new boys on zero points against West Ham, who is also on zero points. Uh, only eight met eight times in the Premiership history. Uh, only one win for Forest. Last time they met in the Premier was 1998-99 season. Was a 2-1 win at Upton Park for Hammers. A certain young man called Frank Lampard scoring the winner. Nottingham Forest v West Ham. You'd have to go for West Ham on this one. Okay. And I will go for a draw. Then we've got Chelsea. Uh, this is the big match now. Chelsea v Tottenham. Uh, London derby. Uh, two teams. Uh, obviously, Tottenham are top of the table. Chelsea obviously a, a win as well. So the um, 60th Premiership London derby between the Blues and Spurs. 33 wins to seven wins in favour of the Blues. Corner. Uh, last season, the Blues did the double, scoring five and con- conceding no goals. Spurs have only beaten Chelsea once at Stamford Bridge in the Premiership. That's only once, Aidan. In mm. 2018, in fact, that win was the only one in the 30 Premiership matches at Stamford Bridge. So uh, not a good hunting ground for Tottenham at uh, Stamford Bridge. Uh, some might say it's not the same fortress that it has been, but you can't uh, underestimate Chelsea because they have got full of quality players in that squad 
They've got a proven manager. Tottenham seems to be the boys everyone's expecting to do better uh, than last season. Uh, interesting game. This way, it's the big match, really, of the, the weekend. Chelsea, Tottenham, Aiden. This this is this is an interesting game for me, Martin, and it's going. And I'll tell you why. It's because of uh, Sterling. This is the one now to see against against a quality team like Spurs. I think he could be the key to this game. It, it could be the key to Chelsea winning it as well, depending on his performance. I'm going to go for Chelsea. Okay. I can I can I can't argue with your points there, Aiden, because Sterling will be. Uh well, that's if he's starting, of course. Um, I think Spurs have are better this season. Um, I think they're going to get better as the season goes on. I think Chelsea will as well. Uh, I don't think Chelsea played particularly well uh, the other day away to Everton, but they got the business done. Um, I'm going for a draw. So I am. And then we've got uh, your team, Liverpool Aiden, on one point against Crystal Palace, who won zero points. That's the Monday night game. Uh, Reds did a double last season. Reds have won the last 10 Premiership matches versus the Eagles. So uh, not uh, a happy fixture for the Eagles, that's for sure. Um, Liverpool Palace, Aiden, you might want to talk a bit on that one, but Liverpool Palace. Yeah, li- Liverpool, like I said at the start, a lot a lot to a lot to work on from, from the Fulham game. If they get those things right... Um, you know they have a good record uh, record against the Eagles. Of course, Patrick Vieira is in charge. Of course, um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, I think I'm going to go for Liverpool on it. And uh, basically, I, I think they they had the players and they're they're good enough to learn from where they went wrong on Sar- on uh, last Saturday. So I'm, I'm going to go for a Liverpool win. Yeah, I, I love. I can't see Palace. Uh Upsetting Liverpool, but uh, you never know. I just quickly read out uh, Noel's predictions. Um, he's gone for a Villa win, an Arsenal win, a Newcastle win, a Man City win, a Leeds win, a Wolves win, a Man United win, a West Ham win, a Chelsea win, and a Liverpool. And as you know, Noel, he never goes for the draws. So that's Noel's predictions. So uh, that's it, Aidan, for this weekend's uh, Premiership. No problem. Thanks very much, Martin, for that. And uh, next up, yes, we have a, a very special interview with uh, uh, a Roscommon Olympian. That's right. Uh, next up, uh, stay tuned because we have an, I'm interviewing I'm interviewing Holly Kilroy, and that's coming up after this. Hello everyone and you're very welcome back to Friday Sport with myself Aidan Raftery and the show is always kindly sponsored by Best Drive here in Roscommon Town and now we have uh, a very special guest we have Holly Kilroy who represented Ireland in the European Olympics in Slovakia and uh, she took part in the 400 metres isn't that right uh, Holly? Yeah that's right. Welcome to the show so I suppose we better start off with where it all began where your interest in in athletics came about was it was it in the in the genes as in in the family or well dad used to do a bit of cross country but um I moved schools in third class and then I started doing cross country with uh, Mary Burgoyne in school and um from there I joined the Roscommon Athletics Club and I'd done my very first All-Irelands in Athlone, I'd done the 200 metres and I came second so I suppose I just went from there and then gradually grew and I took it seriously last year after I made the Irish team in, for the schools over in Syabs in um, England so I took it seriously from then I suppose That's very good and I bet you're glad now that you did Yeah, very glad So uh, just to let, let the listeners know about uh, I suppose a bit about the uh, the, the, t- the things you've won so far in, in your short career so far um, I've three All-Ireland titles I got them all this year so that's for the 400 metres indoor 800 metres indoors and the 400 metres outdoors I have 22 Connacht titles and I have six All-Ireland medals in total, including my three goals. Oh, that's, that, that's not too bad, Ginny. You, you have more medals than I have, so so well well done there. Thank and uh, I suppose it's, uh, you know, it, it's great. It, sport gives you so much, doesn't it? Any sport, but especially um, for an, an individual sport like running, it's it, it can be, uh, you know, you meet a lot of go- uh, great people along the way. And I suppose... You know, you, you, you probably like to mention the coaches who, who got you this far as well. Yeah, my coaches Bashir and Richie Feeney, they've got me 
very far, I suppose. But, yeah, I made loads of friends through running. Like, some of my best friends are through running, even though they're far away all around Ireland. But they'll always be my best friends, especially from Slovakia I've made loads of new friends and ones for life and I suppose as well that through sport you get to travel as well which which is great you got to see Slovakia as well and things like that and I suppose the the proud thing the, the thing that was was uh, the highlight too I suppose your, your your parents got to go with you as well so that was that was great and uh, Fintan and your mum are very proud of you I'd say in achieving and uh, you know you have, a, you have a lot more to come as well yeah it was very good to see mum and dad there when I finished finished the line to see their faces it was really helpful and yeah I've travelled a good bit this year I've went to Slovakia I went to France and I went to England so it's quite good that's very good and I suppose in preparations for for the European uh, the European Games uh, could you take us through a bit about that um, I suppose look to, to achieve and to, to qualify for something like this takes a lot of hard work could you take us through that yeah there's a set time that you have to achieve to get to travel and um, I was running in France and I was 0.4 off the time so obviously I was really upset but I feel like that made me more determined so I came back to Ireland done more training and I got my time in Belfast in Mary Peter's track and just getting to know that I achieved the time was something special but I still had to wait on confirmations to make sure I made the team so Waiting for that was a bit nerve wracking, but when I found out the news, I was so so delighted that all the work. You were you were part of the thirty three thirty three people that represent Ireland. I mean, to 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 win in all Ireland is uh, you know to do well within Ireland is something else, but to to actually represent Ireland in in a a tournament like this, it, it must have been something very special. Yeah, putting on the vest is something special. Yeah, definitely. That's great, and uh, I suppose uh, going to the Olympic Games is, or just going to the European Games itself, and uh, I suppose the travelling to it. There's a lot into it. You have to watch your diet. You have to keep uh, the the training, obviously, and uh, there's there's a lot that goes into it. Maybe more than people people realise, I suppose. But I suppose get, getting over there, and uh, you know the the travelling itself can take a lot out of you. But I suppose getting over there and how things were while you were over there. Yeah, travelling was tiring, but it was all worth it in the end. And we did get two days break before competition started, so it was good to have those two days, definitely. I feel like I would have been a lot more tired if I didn't have those two days. That's it. And I suppose, really, you know, there's, there's the coaching staff as well that, that travel with you. Can you take us, tell us a little bit about the, the, the coaches that went, that went with you and helped you through the, through the games? Yeah, there was the OFI, so that's the managers over... Um, like the Olympic Federation of Ireland and then there was three specifically for running and then there was swim coaches and cyclist coaches as well but the three for running were mainly over us and um, I got selected for the relay team as well so there was Paul Byrne so he helped us do drills and stuff as we were over there and before we went just to perfect the baton changes and stuff before we got onto the track. And I suppose really when, when you're over there there's a strike and a balance between training and then preparing for the because you, you don't want to overtrain and maybe risk getting injured before before um before an event or things like that how how was that handled yeah i trained up until the day before i left and then once i got over there it was very much so tapered back just light runs light um strides and stuff like that just kind of going through warm ups and that was kind of it and heat management definitely putting ice packs on the back of your head just to cool down because the temperatures are a lot hotter over there than they are here so, so. something like it is now today yeah like it is today <laughs> and i suppose uh what, what were your thoughts uh i suppose you were well, well aware of the huge support you were uh that were behind you from back home when, when you were when you were over there yeah i had loads of people text me saying they were going to watch it live so it kind of put a lot of pressure but it was nice to see that I had a lot of support and definitely watching back the races. And I suppose, could you take us through the races themselves, each race as you got through, as you made it through? Yeah, my heat was definitely my favourite race anyways. Um, I went out hard out of the blocks and for the first 200 metres I definitely pushed it and got up there and then I just tried to hold on to the speed and I came third in the heat, which qualified me to the final. 
And then before the final, I hurt my ankle, but I still ran, obviously. I came eighth in the final. It wasn't my favourite race, nor was the time, like, close to my PB, but wearing the Irish vest and running, it's just a good run anyways. Just just even representing Ireland and hearing, hearing the national anthem and, and things like that. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose, um, you know, what, what is your personal best and, like, your, your best overall in the tournament, in the tournament, in the games itself? Um, over there I ran my first in the heat I ran 56.81 and then my 400 metre PB is 56.61 so I was 0.2 off it it would have been nice to run a PB wearing the Irish vest but Ah well there's all look you're only young you've you've plenty more years in you left and uh, you know I suppose afterwards and then then coming home you you would have got you would have got a great welcome home so could you tell us about that? Yeah when we walked through the gates of the airport there was people standing with flags and lots of support and it was nice to see mum and dad again even though I saw them over there it was nice to see them again once we landed so I suppose now, now that you're you're back home, I suppose you're having a rest for a while now. And uh, so, what have you got next? And what are your future uh, your future goals? I suppose the the old Olympic gold medal is is usually the <laughs> is is usually every athlete's dream. But uh, for you yourself, what what are you hoping to achieve? Yeah, well, I'm taking a few weeks just calm now, and then back into training for the indoor season. I'm going to do the 400 meters and 800 meters again in the indoors, and then hopefully do some more international competitions next year and I suppose in a few years maybe an Olympic medal might be nice. That's great and uh, of course uh, it's a nice weekend so you're looking forward to the nice weather before it changes and uh, I suppose could you tell us a little bit about your uh, your, your mum and uh, of course Finton who is my, my first cousin as well. A big hello to Finton there. Is there anyone you'd like to say hello to? <laughs> All my friends I suppose. <laughs> no problem no problem. Thanks very much for Thank that. You. and uh, Thanks very much Holly and hopefully We'll, we'll have you back again again very soon and the best of luck and uh, I hope you you do well in in all your uh, in all your Olympic uh, your Olympic sports and things like that and we hope to talk to you soon thank you very much okay thanks very much and that was Holly Carroll um, our future Ireland athlete hello everyone and you're very welcome to this week's uh, Formula 1 view with myself Aidan Raftery and as always the, the king of Formula 1 Michael O'Grady hello Michael how are you no, the, the, the great week, uh, uh, to be honest with you, great at the moment, Ed. Other than our technical difficulties, I think we've got through them, have we? Yeah, and uh, you being ever the pro, there was no um, there was no consumption of, of beer at the, uh, at the barbecue last night. Oh, no, not at all now. The, the beer barbecue, as we like to call it. Um, no, no, couldn't have, a, couldn't have a consumption of... No, no. ...coming up this morning, you know, yourself. The only thing is, I have to admit... David was being a pain. He's always asking me, you know, can you mention me on Ross FM? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I keep yeah. saying to him, you know, look, as the Scottish F1 driver, I said, David, you know, you, you, you can't be asking this thing all the time. I mean, you're a commentator, yeah. he says, but sure, he never listens, you know, yourself. Well, you know, as to say, you know, his people can talk to our people and we'll see what we can do. Maybe we can get him and appear, maybe we can get him to be a guest on the show, you know. Oh, well, now, you know what he's like. He's a bit of a prima donna now, you know. Since he started this Channel 4 lark now, you know, it's just not the same at all. Well, you know, that, that that's it, I suppose. But I suppose, <laughs> we're moving on to, before we before we talk about it, we look back at the, the Grand Prix and look ahead to the next Grand Prix. Any Formula 1 news that uh, we should let the listeners know about? Oh, well, there is always Formula One news. As we know, we're not getting another race now until the end of the month because all the guys have gone off on holidays. Uh, well, for some, it's all I would say. You know, nice holidays in the sun. Um, uh, I think this year... So, so what I'm saying, Michael, is while you're at home in Mexico, uh, you know, working hard, the rest of them are... All the Formula One drivers and Formula One people are, are enjoying themselves on the beach. That's not right. No, that's not right at all. You know what they're like. I mean, we have to work hard yourself. Uh, Aidan and, uh, and myself, we have to work hard, listeners, if you're listening out there, to yeah. get to show right week on week. And here's all the Formula One drivers. David Coulthard, after leaving the, 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 the barbecue last night, where has he gone? He's off to Malta in his private yacht. Well, it's well for them, isn't it? Well, this is it, but sure, look, I suppose, I suppose they need a break as well. 
No, I don't know about that now. You know, they should be taking <laughs> us with. They should be taking us with them, really, Aiden, shouldn't they? Considering <laughs> the coverage that they get via us, I mean, come on, lads. Well, this is it, you know. We don't charge, you know. We we should start charging. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we we've got now till the end of the month. I suppose it's not as long as we think, really. It's only uh there's only a couple of weeks, really, at this stage. I suppose till they're kind of building up to the next one, which is not so bad. Um, yeah. We won't have the DTs for too long, as they say. But of course, the last Hungarian Grand Prix was very, very interesting. Um, of course, our listeners were watching the the, the, the Hungarian Grand Prix. Um, but the really peculiar one is a kind of a, a pickup in Mercedes um, with George Russell taking pole position. Um, in qualifying, that is one we haven't seen um, in quite some time. A Mercedes on pole, uh, and he kept the Ferraris of Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc just at bay. While Max Verstappen, oh, the woes keep going. He had a despair of a power loss in... I'll give them this. Max seems to have the issues in qualifying, but not in the race. Where Ferraris tend to have the issues in the race... But not in qualifying. I think they'd prefer it the other way around, personally. But um, that could be just... There you go, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I suppose it was a wet final practice session. I suppose nobody really knew what was going to happen after that. If if, if, um, Russell had a show in his form at that stage, probably Laz would have turned cars up, changed things around a bit to try and get ahead of that. But... They did a very, very good job, I have to admit. Uh, unfortunately, Verstappen finishing intent, but, I mean, look, what can you do? So, I mean, it was George Russell, followed by the two Ferraris with Leclerc and Tord, which, well, you know yourself, is they're going to swap around near the end. And then you had Lando Norris and the McLaren in fourth and Esteban Ocon in an Alpine in fifth. Now, Alpine are coming on great, aren't they, lately? I mean, uh, it has to be said, it was just... Absolutely amazing! Um, how fast those guys are coming no. on, really. You know, it's 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 nice to see the newer teams making a bit of a pull forwards, isn't it? Right. again. <laughs> That's it. And uh, I suppose, really, for some drivers, for some drivers, wet conditions it suits some wet conditions suit some drivers, and then other drivers, and vice versa. So some drivers suit dry conditions and not wet conditions. Ah, uh, well, now very well spotted on that, as Aiden is always on the ball with everything. Um, having started on pole position for the race itself, Russell couldn't actually convert that to a win. Um, his soft-medium strategy really seen him ended up third ahead of Sainz. It was a bit of a, a bit of a situation. It was spots of rain really kind of threatened to add more drama onto the race from sort of the start really I have to admit they were they were looking and kind of you know you had the lads out you know the old weather systems and that and uh, Maggie Ann McGillicuddy out seeing how her lumbago felt today and uh, someone else uh, throwing feathers up into the air to see what would happen but <laughs> it's a hard one trying to guess the weather you know yourself um, and for the race itself well in the end the weather really did play quite a part because of course you know, everything was a bit status quo for a long time with the two Ferraris absolutely dominating. But, you know, as we all know, rain came near the end of the thing and it absolutely true a spanner in the works. And not because of drivers, really, because of changing tyres and situations and things like that with cars. Who jumped in first? Who jumped out last? Everybody at the front, uh, the thick end, as they like to say. We're trying yeah. to level best to stay out and what they had. And that was a huge mistake. Absolutely huge. They should have just went in. But I suppose, look, it's it's not for us. It, it, in hindsight, I suppose, it looks very much like, you know, oh, you made a mistake there, lads. But look, I'm sure on the day they were doing the best they possibly could. But it totally upended everything so badly. Um, and would you say, like, it, it was a tactical type of race, as in, like, due to the ra- due to the due to the track itself, or did it was it did it go more or less the way you, you predicted it would go, or was there any kind of I know that these things can throw up a few surprises throughout the race. Oh, they can indeed. They can throw up surprises left, right, and centre. And um, I, I, I have to admit, um, Alpine Fernando Alonso did a very, very, very good job. Um, in a very difficult situation, and I think uh, uh, the head goes off to that one. Uh, the hat goes off, I should say, to that one. But um, 
Yeah, it, it is a kind of it was a it was a strange situation. It was a bit status quo bar the two Mercedes who were very 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 fast on new tri- tires. Now you know once you get off the softs onto the mediums, they weren't as impressive. But on the soft tires, they really have pulled themselves forward quite a bit now. I have to admit, and it was a very 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 good battle there, um, which was very which was great. But other than that, really. Yeah, I, I I think everything just went sideways, really. I mean, Ferrari were set and, and were quite uh, positive about getting a 1-2 finish um, for the first time this year. But, I mean, they, they ended up being outscored by Mercedes and why Verstappen pulled out a, a highly unlikely win, I have to admit, um, with a bit of an ingenious Red Bull strategy. So, yes... Strategy really did pay off on the day rather than cars driving around very, very quickly. With Verstappen, of course, you know, winning from the position he started in. Now, that's absolutely amazing now. When you think about it, that's that's a great race and uh, that's a bit of determination there. Um, and Lewis Hamilton, well, he finished second, uh, George Russell third, which was amazing. Whereas Carlos Sainz finished fourth and, and Charles Leclerc finished sixth and he does not need to be finishing sixth. He needs to be a lot further up the race, really, if mm-hmm. he's going to be taken on um, Max Verstappen. But just, uh, it was a topsy-turvy race. It was hit all of a sudden. And everybody just absolutely practically fell apart. Fernando, Alonso and I, I suppose, really, Michael, as well. With the, with the, you were just saying there that um, Hamilton Hamilton finished second. There, he's starting to get a bit of, a bit of consistency finishing finishing seconds, but it, it it just seems he can't get that finish. You know, the fir- finishing first, and I mean, like finishing seconds is better than finishing outside uh, as finishing off the podium. But I suppose realistically for him, really, it's it's kind of too much to kind of expect him to come back and and do anything in in the um, in the remainder of the season with regards to getting anywhere near, I suppose, the top three on the championship or on the leaderboard. Well, that's very true. I mean, again, like second place, fair play. You know, no one's arguing with that. But there was a bit of luck again involved in that. The Mercedes is definitely better. And it's practically on top of the other two cars. There's no arguing there. George Russell in particular doing an amazing job. Um, uh, be honest with you, Hamilton got passed without much difficulty. But um, for, for obvious reasons. But... Um, you know, Toto Wolff has said that Hamilton could have won in Hungary because he because he had a minor DRS problem. But you know, he's not taken into account that uh, Max Verstappen didn't actually finish because his power unit went in qualifying and and still beat him. Um, you know, so I mean, that's an interesting situation. Hamilton was ahead of him, so I yeah. mean, you know, you think he'd be able to keep that, but he couldn't uh, max verstappen is is he he's just a bit on a roll at the minute but um I, I mean i was even looking at the sort of situations with the drs and q3 for hamilton yeah it did affect him i wouldn't say it affected him majorly but it did definitely affect the car and in race pace itself i mean just looking at what was going on you know in the initial laps hamilton had it but then russell gained on him um after that after the pitted um, I, I think it was Russell again who was quite outstanding for quite some time and, and then Hamilton ma- managed to take over him for a while but towards the end of the race Russell was the man to beat um, he really was absolutely flying on the day I have to admit it was just absolutely incredible job uh, Russell did and it was a bit unfair finishing third to be honest on him um, because consistently on the day yeah he didn't get the fastest lap but he was faster consistently on the day so I mean you know it is a strange situation I have to admit it really is a strange situation but look what can you do about it <laughs> the yeah. race is done now as they say you know so I mean there's not much you could do about it but just even looking at those statistics if you are if you are online uh, formula1.com have a very good feature on it at the moment uh, data deep dives I like to call it uh, looking into the data and uh, kind of the claims of what's going on and you know it is it is amazing to look through it and amazing to see the race pace of both cars, what tyres everybody went on and uh, sort of the second stint comparisons, everything here. So if you are looking for a bit more information on that, please go on to F1.com. It's a very good site and it's free. So we all have that. <laughs> and I suppose really, you know, you were saying there that... Um, 
you know, Verstappen started started on the grid in tenth and, and actually won the game, uh, won the won the race throughout the uh, throughout the uh, the laps and all that. Would you say that to a certain extent there was an element of luck in that, or was it just that he's just a, a great driver, or he just has a good car, and that's that's what was uh, that's what helped him to, I suppose, go from tenth in the grid to winning the race. Well, I mean, uh, it was a 360-degree spin, um, which almost cost Verstappen the final corner, I have to admit, uh, and forced him to make another overtake on Leclerc at one stage. Uh, I think with with Max Verstappen, um, I think you're looking at a wholly different man here at the moment. Um, I really do. I, I, I I think compared to Max Verstappen last year, uh, I think you're looking at a very different person altogether. He really has, he's pulled out something. I'm not quite sure what it is, but he has pulled out something that even more than he did last year. Now, that's kind of that's kind of hard to say, really. I remember when Alan Ayrton Senna joined Alan Prost and McLaren in 1988. He he did so with a kind of a an assassin's kind of quite sort of stealth and aggressiveness I suppose more than anything else uh, silent but deadly absolutely and he was not there to compliment um, Alan Prost in any way shape or description uh, and it, it's not perhaps it was what Ross Dennis had intended at the time but but more often more often than not as with Ayrton Senna um, he was there to kind of seek and destroy and you know that's what that's what lay at his heart, really. Uh, there was a massive intensity about the guy, and uh, I mean, <laughs> it was Winning a mentality. Yeah, there, there, there was a bit of a, a heated relationship, I think, between uh, Prost and Senna, you know. And I mean, there has been situations there, but you're saying, what has this got to do with 2022? Well, <laughs> strictly speaking, nothing, but an awful lot to do with it, really, with 2021. Is 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 kind of Max Verstappen. Felt much the same way with Lewis Hamilton. There was that friction. There was that fighting. There was that seeking, destroying nature. Well, I think that's what kind of brought out the best in two of them, in, in both of them. The, you know, uh, one brought out the best in the other, and that I think that's it's kind of like on the hurling field or on the Gaelic field or on the soccer field. Uh, the guy that you're marking brings brings out the best in you, and vice versa. It's the same. Yeah, well, that that is, that is very true. Uh, I have to admit, you know, I, I think that has definitely brought out the best in the two of them. Um, as it goes, now that's not to run down Lewis because Lewis didn't win. Lewis is an excellent driver. I'm not running down it. The only thing I'd say at the moment is Max is younger and kind of, you know, just a little bit part of start of his career and has entered the top of his the, the peak pinnacle of his career now for the next. Well, five or six years, I suppose, where it was as Lewis is on a bit of a downturn. This happens. It would have happened to Michael Schumacher if he had a stayed in Formula One long enough, which he yeah. didn't. Um, and it would have happened. It happens to everybody. This is not something to be ashamed of or anything like that. That's that's absolutely the way it goes. And I mean, I I don't. I think Lewis was found it hard to difficult with this kind of heat-seeking missile <laughs> is about the only way to say it. Uh, well, I suppose uh, Max Verstappen is doing to, I suppose, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's between, what's going on between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, 